The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. When did you do it? Yesterday? Yeah. Good morning, everybody. That's right. It is Wednesday, January 10th, and today is National Houseplant Appreciation Day. Otherwise, you guys, none of you guys would be able to breathe. It's also National Oysters Rockefeller Day. Save the Eagles Day. I'm not sure if they're talking about the band or actual Eagles. It's also National Cut Your Energy Costs Day. And National Bittersweet Chocolate Day. You had some bittersweet chocolate, Rico. Uh, my, my chocolate's always sweet, baby. Oh, okay, you know just the sweet stuff. All right, all right. Well, thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can look down below on your screen to see where we live on the internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And yes, of course, even our own very own website. But kicking it off first, that's right, we have the dope dad himself, Mr. Rico Lamite, rocking the clean, clean, clean high at nine hat today. Must have not did his hair day today. He's riding with Luke on that one. But nonetheless, it is the dope dad himself, Mr. Rico Lamite. Appreciate that, Jason. Appreciate that. You know. I never have bad hair days, just so you know. <laughs> okay. But uh, for everybody else, we are now 10 days into January, and I guarantee that plenty of y'all are already falling short on that New Year's resolution to get back in shape. Everybody's got their excuses. Lord knows I have mine. But if you are a person who just hates working out, science says maybe smoking a little weed will get you over that hump. Researchers at the University of Colorado recently published a study in Sports Medicine Journal aimed to investigate the immediate effects of commercially available cannabis on individuals' sub subjective responses to exercise in a lab setting. The first study of its kind. Uh, according to Forbes, the results from the study suggested combining cannabis with exercise can influence both positive and negative aspects of the exercise experiencing among exercise experience among regular cannabis users. Researchers selected 42 participants to undergo tests involving exercise both with and without the use of cannabis and using both THC-dominant and CBD-dominant flower products. For the article, the study aimed to evaluate the immediate effects of cannabis use versus abstention on measures like perceived exertion, pain, and enjoyment during a 30-minute treadmill session. Additionally, it compared the effects of a THC-dominant flower <clears throat> product to a CBD-dominant one on the outcomes. The study had three parts, a talk test, an exercise session with cannabis, and another without cannabis. The main goal was to see how using cannabis affected feelings like effort, pain, mood, and enjoyment during a 30-minute workout. Another part looked for how THC-dominant and CBD-dominant products might change these feelings. Additionally, it was checked um, how a cannabis influenced resting heart rate before the exercise and heart rate during the workout. In order to evaluate the results, researchers looked at different factors such as whether cannabis was used or not, uh, the type of cannabis, and how feelings changed over time during the exercise. Most participants say that using cannabis made exercise more enjoyable, a whopping 90.5%. 
reduce their pain, 69%. Helped them focus, 59.5%. And boosted their motivation, 57.1%. However, um, fewer felt that it made them the time fly faster. Of course, makes you feel like you're standing still. <laughs> Slows everything the fuck down. Um, and fewer, uh, even uh, in 40, yeah, 45% said that it made, uh, that it made, everything seem a lot slower. Um, 28% said that it improved, that they felt that it improved their performance, uh, suggesting that cannabis does not work as a stimulant for store, uh, for sports performance. Um, but um, then also when using cannabis, participants generally felt more exertion, especially those using THC. They were getting tired. Uh, both THC dominant and CBD uh, dominant cannabis users reported feeling much more positive during their cannabis exercise sessions compared to non-cannabis ones and feelings of being alert and reactive um, did not differ whether they use cannabis or not. You know what? I really like this. There's a lot more information in this article. You guys got to check it out at highatnine.news.com. Um, I really like this study because it just really validates a lot of stuff that I found out myself back in the day. I always thought I was a much better basketball player when I was smoking mm-hmm. weed before the games. It slowed everything the fuck down. I was just like an and one mixtape. And then uh, when it came to football, like really live action stuff where I had to be super alert, I would not touch weed before I stepped on the football field because I just wouldn't care, and I'd probably get my head blown off. But um, that's just me, and I like this study. I want to see more of these sports studies, um, and then hopefully we can get WADA to get rid of the uh, prohibition on cannabis and um, let Shakari smoke. How about that? I'm Rico Lamit, dopest dad on the street, former athlete for High 9 News. Love to hear from you guys. What do you guys think about this? As being a former athlete myself. Is this an officially DEA-sanctioned study, Rico? (laughs) <laughs> this is just uh, the University of Colorado just doing a, okay. doing a lot with that uh the, those 10 years uh 10 years of um of uh funds and um uh, taxpayer funds to um uh, just really put out studies like this I guess I'm all for the, the the studies that nobody has been doing before I know a lot of these states are doing uh, repetitive studies over and over and over again um, I want to see more in the sports world because we know that um most likely your favorite athlete smokes weed and um, they can't smoke weed um, out in the open in most of these sports uh, um, leagues um, and uh, I think stuff like this is going to help push the needle forward and um, get them off these opioids. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, our, our, our wonderful correspondent, Mandy Tingler, covered a similar story last week. And I think it's really like, like you said, Rico, it's something that if you played sports and use cannabis, you can see like, it's not a performance enhancing drug, I would say, but it definitely, like you said, it kind of slows things down sometimes. And I mean, for me, I actually used to use it on the football field, but I was playing receiver. So all I had to do was just see the ball and go up and do some awesome stuff like in my head. And I would, I mean, I was able to pull off some crazy stuff when, when, when we smoke and I, we would go out there and play at least I thought it was, I mean, who knows in the, on the stands, maybe uh, 90% of my stuff looked cool and about 10% looked really crazy. I don't know, but the point is that cannabis being a natural substance, especially for recovery, like recovery is the thing where most athletes, especially in the professional sports world are pushed with heavy pharmaceuticals, heavy pharmaceuticals. So, you know, as an athlete, you want to put the best things in your body that you can, the best substances, the best foods, everything. Right. So when we do that and we, it's counterproductive to put pharmaceuticals in your body to recover after these hard sessions in, in, on the on the gridiron or on the court or on the baseball diamond or wherever you're at. And then you go back into this into this therapy session and they give you a bunch of pharmaceuticals and that's supposed to make you make you better. I mean, it just makes so much more sense for athletes to be able to use cannabis. And I'm glad to see the the NBA has always been ahead of everybody on this. I'm glad to see the NFL kind of starting to get behind it and, and a lot of more of the players um, in both leagues becoming more vocal about cannabis use and and past players talking about how they used it for recovery and stuff. So this is really exciting. I think there's a lot more here. I think we're going to see a lot, a lot of studies start to go forward where we, where we, where, where we see a lot, the benefits are, are a lot bigger than I think we're seeing. And, and that, I think we're just scratching the surface on this topic. 
So agreed. Uh, as being a former, you know, all American athlete myself and a former track star <laughs> as an addition to I wonder did they actually how, how was this test conducted was it actually with real athletes like real athletes or was this just like you know like people that said that they were active because they exercised Rose versus Joe's yeah you know what? I, I'd have to dig into the actual cuz I'm willing to bet this is about a bunch of a bunch of amateur amateur joggers that were that 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 did that did this study I don't know. I don't but me, listen, I even running though, even running like I cannabis. What cannabis? Something as simple as putting one foot in the other. I understand it can be difficult for a lot of people. I get it. No, I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying actually, like runs are were easier for me when I would used to do. I think like that was a mental thing. I think that was a mental thing. I don't Definitely think it's actually. Thing. I don't Definitely think it. I don't, I don't think thing. it's actually actually um, easier. I think you're just high and you think it's easier. And that makes it easier. I don't. Perception I don't, is reality. I don't know, so I don't when know, I perceive that, things, here they I'm are. I'm not easy. buying that, bro. I'm not. If you look at the tape, if you if you rewind the tape of you running, bro, you can tell that you're intoxicated. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. See, exactly. You don't watch the game tape. <laughs> exactly. Where you are, guys. I, I was on the medical staff of a professional football team, mm-hmm. and after everybody worked out, they popped. NSAIDs, you know, um, Motrin, aspirin, shit like that as a minimum to deal with some of their post-workout pain. And cannabis is a much better analgesic and far safer for your body in the long run. So if you were to pop some tincture after working out, jump in the uh, ice tub, you would have a much smoother course and less dangerous to you than eating Motrin and Tylenol and aspirin, and those are just the mint. Those are just the mild ones. I mean, they throw Vicodin, they throw morphine at or you. There's all kinds of shit that we throw at people because they tweak something, and they're going to be down for a week. And we did intensive work on them, and we fucked them up with pharmaceuticals. Okay, mm-hmm. much. And this was this was back in 1980, a long time ago. And the 80s were amazing. Um, so there's a lot of things to be done. And in our practice, we found out right away that one of the best analgesics out there, anodynes, if you will, is cannabis. Mm-hmm. I agree post. I agree with you, Taking away their career. Because... Post, po- post, post-workout and all that stuff is, is fantastic. But pre, pre-workout and all that, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not buying. I'm not buying the hype that people are trying to spew. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, Jason. If you're like me and you absolutely hate working out, <laughs> but you like looking like a specimen, you know what I'm saying? Like story of my life. Smoke more weed. Story of my. Smoke and, more, and, and, more and, weed. and in all fairness, I really like. <laughs> I, 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 I'm with you on that. I, and I and I like I like what what Ingrid has to say. And I think probably the only sport that 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 cannabis can make you better at, I think, has to do with what Ingrid says. Ingrid says that she is a amateur walker and believes the plant helps her move faster basically and so i agree with that you know what i'm saying walking down the street smoking a joint it's an amazing thing to do okay and i think that it probably does enhance your walk flow but i'm not buying and once you start running fast and all that i'm not buying none of that it's gonna work if you're a competitive eater dude what's that you're missing the point the point you're a competitive eater Go ahead, Dale. Go ahead, go ahead, Dale. Go ahead, Dale. You first. Well, I was going to say, if you're a competitive eater, then get high, man. You'll fucking follow them hot dogs. Yeah, go bro, ahead. but that's the weenie eating contest. Glizzy, what were you going to say, Glizzy Luke? Goblin. Yeah, exactly. The glizzy goblin. Like, exactly. What were you going to say, I Luke? I said, it's, it's not necessarily like, I think you're missing the point. It's not necessarily like it, we smoke before we, we perform and like, we run the 40 faster or we're jumping higher or anything like that. That's, that's not what we're saying here. What we're saying is like, because my mind is telling me that this mile run is easier, right? Now I have more motivation, more inspiration, and I can continue to go and continue to push because the most important thing in exercise is your mind. Your mind is going to make you quit before your body. That's why they say mind over matter, mind over matter. Mind over, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind, it don't matter. Exactly right. I, I agree with that part. I agree with that part one hundred percent. And on that, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing, man. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I, 
I was a competitive rower, you know, a, a rower. post-football. You were a competitive uh, rower. Yeah, 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 post- oh, Ivy League right there. Yeah. Ivy League. Yeah. That's that rich, rich yeah, sport yeah. right no, no, there. No, no. Yeah. Are you on the Yale squad? Yeah, exactly. After college, this after college, in my early 30s. That's how you know you're whatever, rich. I, we, uh, got, hold on. Hold on. Uh, uh, in my early 30s, I got real, real heavy into CrossFit, became a regional competitor in CrossFit. You get, If you guys want to do some Googling, see some ripped uh, fucking pictures of Ripped Rico up Rico? In, uh, um yeah, back in my San Pedro days, about 10, uh, 10 years ago. And that's when I discovered that I was really, really good at rowing. Um, and in the beginning, I absolutely hated it, but I have a, a, a shorter torso, longer legs, and really abnormally long arms. So I have a natural body for rowing. And once I figured out that if I smoke, uh, smoke a bean right before I get on that machine, I can go fast as fuck and I can go for hours. Have that's you timed yourself? Have you timed yourself? Have you like done like an antiquated, like yeah. serious test on yeah. this? And like, you got like concrete, concrete data. Well, with absolutely. I, was, I, was top 30. I, was, I was top 30. I was top 30 in the world at, uh, at 32 years old. Top Guaranteed. 30. And actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Running, uh, running at you. The indoor rowing. And I was a uh, indoor, uh, indoor rowing. Yeah, in, indoor rowing. Is that like on the, on the, on, on, on the machine and you're just fucking, you just. Yeah. On the erg. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rico, brother, real quick, bro. Real quick. If I'm ever up the river without a paddle, I'm calling you. Yeah. And on yes, that, yeah. and on that, we're going to go to a commercial. He didn't say he could swim. He said he could paddle. Yeah. We're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back up this river. Oh man. That was weird. Hey, you America. Do I look like Sean Connery? <laughs> Good morning, America. Saman Razani coming to you live from sunny Los Angeles, California with the one and only highest host, Mr. Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast? You can find it on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. No excuses in 2024. If you haven't checked us out, check it out now. And also, check out what The Prophet's doing in 2024. On, like, the stern, like... Oh my goodness! Oh man! Up next, he's known for smoking the best weed in the world, and also West Hollywood's uh, president of cannabis tourism. And you know what? He is the most decorated CGI athlete of all time when it comes to a some indoor weed in his mouth. Cardio game. Adam strong. Ill is still pissed off. He Adam is. Ill is still pissed off. You had a better marathon time than him. He is. He's you know. Because of my man Jason. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Happy, happy hump day. I got a quick little story for you. I got a couple others for you, too, but this is a quickie. A judge quashes a Montana law creating escalating cannabis licensing fees. A Montana judge has restricted state regulators from collecting escalating fees from adult-use cannabis operators based on the number of stores they own. The order effectively overturns a key element of House Bill 903, which we actually covered here on High at 9 News back when this was coming out, which required entrepreneurs with multiple retail licenses to pay higher fees according to the independent record. The law signed by Republican Governor Governor Greg Giaforte in May uh, levied an initial licensing fee of $5,000 with each subsequent permit costing an additional $5,000. So a second location would cost $10,000, a third would cost $15,000, and so on. In some instances, the fee structure would cost marijuana retailers more than $250,000 annually. Helena Judge Mike uh, Menahan issued the order on January 5th in response to a lawsuit filed by by state licensed marijuana retailers Granite Peak Holdings, Merriment, and TSB Montana, the independent record reported. And in this ruling, uh, Menahan wrote that the original fee structure generated sufficient fees to cover operational costs of the state's Department of Revenue for regulating the Montana Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act, according to the news outlet. Moran also ordered that any fees paid under the new law should be returned to operators and adult use sales in Montana began back in January 1st of 2022. And thanks to a 2020 voter initiative that lawmakers tweaked back in 2021. So this is fantastic news for dispensary operators out there in the great big sky of Montana out there in what they call God's country. And what do you guys think about this? This is Jason Beck for the high at nine news hour. What do you think? 
about time somebody stopped it. Right? That's here what in I California, thought. We have very we have very tight rules here in California about how much you can charge for fees. Mm-hmm. They have to cover only the cost of what you're trying to regulate. And this sounds like they're just trying to jackboot things up. And you know, across the country, there's been tax revolts since the 1970s. <clears throat> in California, we had Prop 13. It says you just can't tax the shit out of us unless we agree to it. And so the games got played, and now even fees. Mm-hmm. You can't even charge a fee unless you go to the voters. And those fees can only cover the cost to regulate the business you're charging a fee to. So I think it's about time they stop this nonsense. I agree. I wonder. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if the CDT, CDTFA is actually uh, monitoring what just happened in uh, in Montana, and could anticipate a similar judgment in the uh, in the Elliot Lewis case. Well, I don't think that you can cross pollinate Montana law to California. We have. I wasn't saying that. Um, I was just saying that. California. I was just saying that 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 these types of things tend to trend in similar in similar states with similar similar outcomes generally. And so I'm just wondering if they're if they're monitoring this. That's all. Well, I, I'm happy to see that a judge put an end to this because politics was not going to. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly. what we have to do here in California is we have to litigate, file suit, and get a judge to step in and stop some of this nonsense. And, you know, it's unfortunate it costs a lot of money to do that. But adding 10000 to each license, I mean, that's discouraging people from from using— uh, No, they're adding 5000 5, to each license, 5000 to each license. So each additional—so so if you had five stores— then you would be paying twenty five thousand for the last store, twenty thousand for the fourth, fifteen thousand for the third, and ten thousand mm-hmm. for the second, and five thousand for the first in total to renew your licenses. Like a gang yeah. enhancement. Exactly, yeah. bro. Exactly, Luke. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. not related to what it costs to monitor those licenses either. And that's what the judge that's part of the problem. And that's and that's what the, that's what the judge ruled and said. Uh, now, now I wonder how fast are these guys actually going to get their money back though from the state, or if they're just going to issue them a credit <laughs> going forward. <laughs> Never. Like insurance companies, dude. We got it now. Come, you got to drag it out of us. Exactly. Where's the drum roll on that? Yeah. Did, you weren't really serious about that, were you? I'm 100 percent serious about that. <laughs> Getting their money back from the tax ban? Come on, man. Yeah, like, that's well, the whole point. Like, the judge, the judge just ruled that the, 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 the judge ruled that they that they have to give them the money back. The judge ruled that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But when, but when's that going to happen? They probably give it to them in a tax credit. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm willing to bet they never get the money back. They're not going to get like a check from the state and the bank saying, "Hey, we overcharged you guys." They're just going to be like, "Hey, next year you don't get to give us no money." Yeah, exactly. That's why I said once they get the money, it, it, the money don't come back out of the tax man's pocket. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what Montana is doing so much differently than California, where it only costs five thousand dollars to renew your license annually for a dispensary. Just saying. They got the Duttons up there. That's what's different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cost of living's a lot lower there, dude. Well, I mean, let you tell it, Dale. Hey, they um, they they give you a price for every employee that's going to work. I've seen some of these justifications for uh, fees mm-hmm. and they're horseshit. I mean, they're, they assign X number of personnel and they give you so many dollars it costs per person. And then they're supposed to do a yearly evaluation and adjust the fees. And that just takes time. And a lot of it is just absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. Don't take that much to monitor these things unless you need 10 cops to go along with you to check and see if someone's got one extra plant in their garden. I mean, there's not like 10 people in Montana. I mean, other than like Helena and Billings, I mean, you really have like you're walking three days to go get milk. Well, so like, but you it. know, it's interesting. Like, it's interesting that the the way the cannabis industry unfolded in Montana is like it could be a, a textbook example of some things what not to do and some things that you should do because Chris Williams opened a dispensary back in I want to say. 06 or mm-hmm. 07 and he was rated pretty fast i mean they they they're still super conservative in montana still to yeah. this day right now it's that's almost why, like that's why it's called god's reality. country luke <laughs> i mean i don't know if god's conservative or not uh he looks liberal in a lot of areas but i'm not sure uh, but anyway my point is that in the way it unfolded, right? You had really heavy policing at first. Then you had some dispensaries like being like vandalized, like 
like get out of our town, like bricks through the window and stuff like that. They had a real struggle, like getting a foothold in that market and being established and getting to where people trusted dispensaries. And so to see where they're at now, like applauds to Montana, but they, they still have a, a long way to go, but I, and I hope they do. And I think this is one of the ways that, that can help them get there is listen, you have to be able to stop suffocating the market with taxes. You can't suffocate any yes. industry with taxes or it's not going to flourish. It's going to tank. And then all the naysayers get to point and say, see, we told you so. Told you and so. they don't get to tell the real story about how I had to pay $25,000 for my fifth store. Mm -hmm. I feel you. I feel you on that. And and on and that the trap win. And the trap that's right. The trap keeps it popping. That's right. But coming up next, time. we're gonna roll right into attorney Mr. Dale Schaefer. He at one point in time did some time for a cannabis crime and he is the founder of our model law practice and can help your business out if you need some. That's right. It is none other than Mr. Dale Schaefer. Uh, good morning, everybody. I'm uh, Pio Loco coming back at you from California here where it's colder than you know what. And Anyway, I've got a story on the Dormant Commerce Clause, and it's a, it's a twist. Um, it comes out of Law 360. Uh, Washington court says Dormant Commerce Clause doesn't apply to pot. Okay? And it seems that uh, Washington, <clears throat> state of Washington, in 2020 started a uh, social equity program and they put a six month residency requirement on uh, applications. So uh, a guy from I think Michigan or Michigan, someplace out of state who've met all the qualifications at residency applied and he was told, nope, you don't meet the qualifications so you don't get to take your application forward. Mm -hmm. And so he sued in federal court which may or may not be a, a problem for him. Uh, but, and I haven't seen the complaint, but what I'm assuming they did is they, is they filed for a writ of mandamus to order the state to do something and a declaratory relief to declare that what they're doing is unconstitutional, blah, blah, blah. But they ran in right away four days after they filed this complaint for a temporary restraining order. And the judge in an oral motion from, or oral order from the bench said, no, you're not getting a TRO on this. So then they had a hearing on a permanent injunction, and they wanted to permanently enjoin the state from enforcing this residency requirement. And this, uh, this judge took a look across the country and noted that in Maine there was a federal decision, it was split, that decided the Dormant Commerce Clause applies to these um, facially discriminatory laws. Um, and they also noted that in, that in the Ninth Circuit out here on the West Coast, <clears throat> that there was a decision where the judge said, hang on, the, you know, the Congress made an affirmative decision here about cannabis in 1970, and it's illegal. So there is no commerce in cannabis. And they struck down, uh, or they, they threw them out of court, said, no, the Dormant Commerce Clause doesn't apply. And the Dormant Commerce Clause basically applies when the federal government has not taken any action to pass the law on the Commerce Clause. And that's where this begins to get real interesting. As this judge said, nah, the Dormant Commerce Clause doesn't apply here because Congress, under its Commerce Clause authority, has passed an affirmative law that says there is no legal commerce in cannabis, period, in the discussion. So they shut the courthouse door on them. And I expect this is going to go up the chain to uh, the Ninth Circuit here, where we're going to get some sort of a decision. Um, and this is complicated, and I think I mentioned this before, that I think Clarence Thomas and perhaps this new conservative majority on the bench is gonna throw out some of these Commerce Clause cases. And the one I'm specifically talking about is Gonzalez versus Raich. And I don't know if you remember that, but in 2005, the DEA was waiting for that decision to arrest me. And when the court decided that Angel Raich can't grow weed in her backyard and use it in her own house because of this 1941 decision called Wickard versus Filburn, where the court swung really heavily on the side of giving the federal government commerce authority over every goddamn part of your life. And it's disgusting. And I don't think that the Commerce Clause covers you go into a 7-Eleven out on the highway. Uh, it, it just shouldn't cover that. But what we've got here is a set stage for the, an appellate court to decide 
Does the Dormant Commerce Clause even apply here when this is federally illegal? And what I'm seeing here, and maybe it's just wishful thinking, is a pendulum swing away from giving the federal government Commerce Clause authority and reining it back in. The, informative, the, uh, the Obamacare case put a line in the sand said, no, Commerce Clause doesn't give you the authority to charge somebody some fee or require them to, to take out health insurance. And they said, no, you've gone too far with that. And I would like to see the court say that if you're going to do something in your own personal world uh, that does, isn't, com isn't commercial and isn't leaving the state, that the federal government has no authority over you. So stand, stand by and stand back and let's see what happens with this because I expect this to be appealed. We now have splits in these jurisdictions about how to apply the Dormant Commerce Clause in what is a facially discriminatory statute, a state law. If you've got to live there for six months, that's a facial discrimination against interstate commerce. And we'll see if they're going to allow it, and then if they're going to allow it, what rules are going to apply um, to you know, scrutinizing these state laws. So this is an ongoing discussion we'll have again as this rolls out because social equity, and you know, Rico, we've talked about this before, social equity depends on the federal government mm -hmm. upholding these local rights to give preference to people who have been to prison, who were socially disadvantaged, had family members go to prison. Luke and I both understand this. I mean, prison is not fun. And if you could get some advantage after going to prison, you know, I think we should help people out like that. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna throw it back at you for discussions. What do you guys think about this? Oh. There's a whole lot of mess. Yes, this is a storm is brewing. Storm is, is. brewing. So, 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 so they're saying they're saying that because cannabis is federally illegal, Dale, that that's why it doesn't count as part of the dormers commerce com, dormant commerce clause. Well, the, the dormant commerce clause only comes into effect when the federal government hasn't taken action. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the state cannot put up protectionist measures if the federal government hasn't stepped in. Once the federal government steps in, then they have um, they're peremptory. They they have plenary power. The the state can't come in and, and legislate when the federal government has exercised a commerce clause power. But that's where the pissing match starts. How far do they get to go with commerce clause power? And I, I'm I'm suspecting that if it's thrown to the Supreme Court. Uh, they're not they're not going to uphold the rage case. They're going to throw some of this stuff out. No, Clarence Thomas has been gunning for that rage case since he got in there um, because the what the 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 things that were going on during rage aren't going on now. The mm -hmm. the things that made the decision in the rage case aren't necessarily the same ways in 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 essence of the way it was completely federally illegal, not accepted anywhere. We didn't have any coal memos. We didn't have any Ogden memos. We didn't have any appropriations amendments or any, any of those things going on. I mean, this Commerce Clause is really the basis for federal prohibition of cannabis. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we, I can like emphasize how important the Commerce Clause affects the cannabis industry. That is how that is why Dale and I, when we went into court, we couldn't present a medical cannabis defense. We yep. couldn't talk about That's California correct. law. We couldn't talk about paying our taxes. No, nope. we couldn't talk about any of the things that we did legally in the state because it didn't matter. Because the commerce, once the commerce clause is invoked, even if all of the cannabis was grown, sold, and consumed within the borders of California, this ridiculous commerce clause says because theoretically there could be a black market in California that could affect a black market in another state. Remember, I said could affect a black market in yeah. another state. Mm -hmm. That therefore they can invoke these these commerce clause. Now you are basically talking about a market that you're not even supposed to be recognizing. Number one, and then you're saying in theory it could affect it, and that's how you're sending people to prison. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. I'm I, I'm with mm -hmm. you, Luke, and uh, we we actually found. Uh, a really great picture of Clarence Thomas, and uh, I want to see what you guys have to think about this because we're hoping he can be the savior. Was he, was, he, was he in a luxury RV? Take a look. Oh, take, a look. take a look. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we yeah. go. Yes, Clarence Wood oh, Thomas. Man. Yeah, shout out to Judge Thomas. 
Yeah, is Harlan Crow uh, behind him underneath the covers? Bro, hold on, bro. Did you did you did you see that tattoo? Did you see the tattoo on his stomach though? Did you see the tattoo on it? He got he got he got, saw that. He got RBG <laughs> tattooed on his on his belly. Oh, oh my God. I didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, the guys did hanging like that. I didn't know. He looked like where Clarence Thomas do time at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, did, he did all his time on the hill, this, bro. This pendulum, swing, this pendulum swing goes way, way back to FDR's time when he threatened to pack the court. And we had one of the justices flip. Mm-hmm. And yep. and decide that we're going to expand commerce power. And the Wickard versus Filburn case was growing wheat for his own cattle. And they said, no, nah, no, nah, you can't do that because we have a comprehensive federal scheme to control agriculture. We're not going to let you do it. And Thomas, when he in the rage case, he said, what's the 10th Amendment, a dead letter? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. All the power rests with the state unless you specifically give it to the federal government. And he had a lot of problems with that. And he's he's a set stage, and I think we've got enough justices right now to say no, 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 no. You I, I don't get to stay. There's no comprehensive scheme now. After the Cole memo, the um, right now we have the McClintock Blumenauer iteration yep. of you know spending preclusions. There's no comprehensive scheme. I think that they will throw the entire thing out, and now cannabis won't be in the Controlled Substances Act. Mm-hmm. Thank God. And that's probably the best thing we're going to get because then Congress has to do something, get their thumb out of their ass and stop fighting over dumb shit and figure out what to do about this. So I'm hoping the court decides this because the politicians just can't. They've got rectal myopia and have for years. They don't want to do anything about this. Rectal oh, myopia. Yeah. Man, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to ask Dr. T what that is on Friday. But nonetheless, we're going to go to a commercial. I'll we're draw you right back. <laughs> <laughs> the control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated your nose oh boy nose ticklers oh stop whatever you're doing and tickle your nose and make sure that you hit that like button we know we will appreciate it you'll appreciate it and you too will appreciate it also also make sure you subscribe to the (laughs) also too, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're not subscribed to the channel already and all of the stories that we cover on today's high at nine news you can read directly on our website at www.highatnightnews.com I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah. You know what it is. We just stretched, and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Man. <laughs> Y'all know who it is coming up next. It is the cannabis industry's number one, number one comeback kid. Y'all know who it is. A author, activist, entrepreneur, OG, trailblazer, warrior for justice. And make sure you pick up this man's book. Let's make it a bestseller, whether it's digital or you get the hard copy like me. I'm going to have it behind me in a few days here. My man, Luke Scarmazzo. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man. Good morning, everybody. Wednesday. Welcome. You know what it is. It's your neighborhood outlaw news. We're bringing it all the way to Malaysia on this one. And this one, man, this is a this is a crazy one. I'm not really sure. So I'm just going to jump right into it. You guys tell me what you think on this, because it gets thick over here on the Malaysian Thai border. So heavily pregnant woman, husband caught trafficking 10 kilograms of marijuana. 
Now, I don't know, like, what a heavily pregnant woman is. Is that, like, she was, like, overweight in the pregnancy? Does that mean, like, she was just, like, big? Like, I don't know what that means. Like, that's a weird description, like, heavily pregnant. So, I don't know, maybe twins, quadruplets? Who knows? We'll, but we'll get to that later. So, heavily, a heavily pregnant woman who is due to deliver her first child in two weeks landed in a lockup after she and her husband were caught trafficking 10 kilograms of marijuana at the Malaysian Thai border here on Sunday. So, this woman's about to give birth in two weeks, and they got her in a jail because they had 10 kilos of marijuana, which is 22 pounds. So they had 22 pounds of marijuana going from the Malaysian Thai border. Listen, that takes balls. I don't, I don't even know what the Malaysian Thai border looks like. But if somebody said, yo, cross these 22 pounds over the Malaysian Thai border, I would have been like, hell no. But whatever. I mean, shit, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, right? So the couple who hailed, hailed from Perlis was detained at the Immigration Customs and Quarantine and Security Complex at 1150 while traveling back from their neighboring country. Kabang Pasu, District Police Chief, and Superintendent Razi Abu Hassan said officers manning the border checkpoint flagged down the couple's Toyota upon noticing something amiss with the pickup truck. Upon inspection of the vehicle, the police team found 10 packets of suspected marijuana worth up to 32,000 ringgits. So in Malaysia, they have the Royal Mint. And the Royal Mint makes ringlets. And ringlets, 32,000 ringlets, I did the math on it earlier, it ends up being like 6,900 bucks. So at $6,900 worth of weed. The amount of drug seized could supply, could cater the, could cater the supply for some 3,200 addicts. I don't even know the math on that right there. I don't know how 3,200 weed addicts would be supplied from the 10 kilos, and I don't know how long that supply would last. I don't know where these weed addicts are. I don't know how much they smoke. They sound scary. We'll, we'll get back to them in a second, too. The 34-year-old man and his 35-year-old wife had frequently crossed the border suspected of trafficking marijuana from the, from the neighboring country. So they were like, yo, we, we've seen you guys here like a bunch of times. You were crossing $6,900 worth of weed every time. We, we know you're rich. Like, you didn't pay the guards? You got all that money. You got 6900 bucks that you should be able to pay everybody with. Rosian added that a urine test on the couple also turned out a pot for positive for marijuana. Not only did you crack these people for 10 kilos of weed, you make them go take a piss test? Like, I don't even understand what that, like, what is the waste of time and resources about that? Like, is it worse because you were high on weed when you tried to cross it? Or is maybe, is it like, is it a mitigating factor? Like, hey, I didn't even know what I was doing. Like, I was just super high and I, I don't, what, 10 what is in the back? Shit. Like, I don't know, whatever. He said the case is being investigated under Section 39B of the Dangerous Drug Acts for Drug Trafficking. The couple is being detained and remanded and ordered until January 14th for further investigation. Um, listen, man. I mean, when, if you go back to the, the picture on the website, like, they have all, like, the, the weed and, like, these nice little, like, brown kilos. I don't know why, like, the, some of the the international countries like package the weed like that. Like, I feel like that just makes it look super kilo, like cocaine-ish. Like it, it just looks, it looks super illegal. I don't know if they did it like, cause they see it on the movies like that or something, but like it's the worst way you could package weed. And not only that is like, it just makes like weird optics when these cops are standing in front of all these bricks and it's weed and it's the 3,200 weed addicts that were, were you know, just going to be out now because they don't have their, their bricks of weed coming. But listen, it's, it's a crazy story. There's a lot to unpack on it. I'm going to kick it back to you guys. What do you guys think about this one? Well, first of all, I think very, very pregnant um, is basically Asian for uh, she's like eight or nine months ready to pop, basically. No, it wasn't very pregnant. It was heavily, heavily pregnant. pregnant. Okay, heavily. Yeah, same thing. Heavily pregnant. Yeah, I'm willing to bet that, that that's what they mean. Like she's very far along. Like she's but, ready to pop. See, like me, my grasp of the English language. I did a lot of prison time. It's kind of loose, right? But to me, heavy is a metric of weight. 
you know what I mean? So, well, technically, I don't know. That, 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 that is because because pregnant women gain a lot of weight through the pregnancy. So she was heavily far along in the pregnancy. I mean, I've gained more weight over the holidays. I think my girl gained like 25 pounds. Like that wasn't that. Uh, would I consider that heavily pregnant? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Listen, don't, I'm not the expert. I'm not a woman. I don't know how that should be addressed. I'm just saying it just sounds weird. I can't imagine what would happen. Go ahead, Dale. If these this woman was to cross the border into Louisiana, I mean, would she be treated a lot different? Uh, I don't know. Because there are Probably places not. in this country where, you know, it don't matter if you're pregnant or not. If they if they pinch you, they're gonna piss test you. And I mean, I, w- I was in a halfway house with a bunch of pregnant women, so they ain't afraid to throw pregnant women in jail. Oh yeah, I don't know, Rico. Yeah. I think and I think I, I, just, I, I think this story, Rico, could have been the reason why you had that story yesterday, and why Thailand is reversing its whole policy on cannabis is because now they're becoming an export country to other Asian countries. Guarantee is some um, it, it is some um, um, Americans that are export, <laughs> exporting it. Oh, I don't think I don't I, I don't think the pregnant lady was American. Hell yeah, there is. I don't think the you pregnant lady was it. American. She's probably getting paid by Americans to do that yeah. shit. Getting paid <laughs> by Americans. I got my hands bro. on some oh, good Thai stick back in the 70s. Back during the Vietnam War. I mean, we used to get Thai stick out of out of Thailand. So they've been exporting this stuff for a long time. Mm-hmm. And Jason. And I like the prices. I mean, if we could pick up a pound, what was that, a pound for um, 690, whatever those, mm-hmm. you know, local Thai you know, it's like shit. It ain't what they do here. The math they do in the United States, that'd be 3.5 million. And there'd be a million and a half, you know, marijuana addicts waiting for their shoot up some marijuanas, you know, some marijuana stupid. They are in this country. Mm-hmm. I did. I, I, I did find it interesting how they worded everything. I thought it was very, very uh, humorous, you know, very, very, very interesting for them to word those things like that. But uh, I'm, Unless you got you guys have anything else on this, I'm gonna move on to the next story so we don't run out of time. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that the, the picture, the picture of that shit bagged up, that, that shit uh, packaged up. It looks like tofu. It is, it is, it I thought like tofu. I thought it came from it Mexico like, instead of Thailand the way they had it packaged. Yeah, that, that shit looks like uh, you know I live in Gardena, right? We got the Tokyo Market right next to me. <laughs> that shit looks like some stuff <laughs> that they put out in the, in the, uh, in the morning. Night from ninety. <laughs> Don't need Acapulco yep. gold is badass weed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is 99 ranch somewhere, right, Rico? Just saying, just saying, mm-hmm. just saying. That does not look like cannabis. Oh man, oh boy, oh man, you guys. So I'm gonna. This is the long. This is the longer one. I'm gonna kind of summarize it. And if you want to hear the whole article, you can go ahead and read it over at our website at www.highandnews.com. But I'll tell you what. Wisconsin, I think this is going to be an epic fail for Wisconsin, you guys, but Wisconsin would operate five dispensaries under a limited medical marijuana legalization program. That's right. Assembly Republicans announced a limited proposal Monday to make medical marijuana available for Wisconsinites with certain medical conditions and received mixed reactions from lawmakers and Governor Tony Evers. At a press conference in the state capitol, Representative John Plumer, Republican from Lodi, called the bill a really strong Starting point. Under the plan, five state-run dispensaries would be established where eligible patients could access certain medical cannabis products, including oils, edibles, pills, gels, and vapors. The bill excludes cannabis that can be smoked. In quotes, we want to make this available to people, but we want to have it tight controls on it as well, Plummer said. The bill would create the Office of Medical Cannabis Regulation in the Department of Health and Services, which would be required to maintain a registry of patients and caregivers who would purchase medical cannabis products from one of the state-run dispensaries. Access would be limited to patients with certain medical conditions, including cancer, epilepsy, HIV, or AIDS, glaucoma, post-traumatic stress disorder, severe chronic pain, severe muscle spasms, severe chronic nausea, multiple sclerosis, inflammatory bowel disease, and a terminal illness with a life expectancy of less than one year. A person applying to be placed on a registry as a patient would be required to be a permanent resident of this state and not, not to be on parole, probation, or extended supervision. Patients would need to get written confirmation from a prescriber that they have one of the conditions to be added to the registry, and patients would be able to have up to three caregivers who could purchase products on their behalf. 
Plummer said uh, that the proposed medical cannabis system would be would would not be a tax revenue program, but rather would be a break even program. According to the bill, uh, prices of products would only be set at a level of sufficient to recoup product and operational costs. And this article goes on and on and on and on. But I want to hear what you guys have to say in the essence of time so we can get out of here on time for you guys today. But what do you guys think about this Wisconsin state run dispensaries and only five of them? And I just think that I just think this is going to be an utter failure, utter, utter failure. And the fact that they're allowing for three trap caregivers. Yeah, exactly. They already they already made the trap win because they're allowing you to have three caregivers to go purchase weed for you. <laughs> Well, and these these limitations on medical are just ridiculous. I mean, they pick and choose. The, you got one year to live. Fuck that. I'll go buy something they, around the corner and roll up and smoke it right here, and I got more than a year to live for you. It's just it, nonsense. I, I agree with you, Dale. Do they really think really think that 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 because they're offering all these other other types of products that that people are going to say, oh, I just, oh, because it's legal, I'm just going to go and get those, but but so I'm not going to smoke weed. Like that, that that's just asinine. They don't get it. That's they don't get asinine. it. It's just because again, they don't have they don't have stakeholders involved in this policy making. When you don't have stakeholders involved in the policy making, you have outsiders that have no idea what the hell's going on. You come up with this type of BS. And let me just go on the record as saying this: any time the government gets involved in business completely like this, it's going to be a wreck. There's a reason why the private sector is always going to be better than the government. And anyone in the government will tell you that. Mm -hmm. So like, this is just a set, a recipe for disaster right here. I agree. The, the well, one... I can tell you that. Go ahead, Dale. I've had a lot of discussions with conservative friends of mine who, when they get a chance, they tax and regulate the shit out of cannabis and yet they complain that government shouldn't control business. And mm -hmm. my progressive friends, oh, you know, they, they want to tax and regulate shit out of everything until they want to run a business and they don't want the government involved. The government should stay out of business unless there is a clear manifest reason to regulate for health, safety, and welfare of workers and the public. And it doesn't exist here. So they should stay the fuck out. This is, should not be nonprofit. Let somebody make money here. The trap's making money. Yeah, the trap is definitely me. making money. I mean, I but if it's the state run, I'm glad that the state isn't going to be profiting off of this. And so, but then that would also have to have to have to um, assume that the state is going to be running the cultivation. The state's going to be running the manufacturing for all these products because these are products just don't appear out of thin air. But the one thing that I did really like about it, or at least how it sounds, is it sounds like you just have to go to a doctor and have a doctor certify that you have one of these conditions, and then you go to the state to register for for the card. So then that way you don't really have a doctor's recommendation under a medical. You just go to a doctor and say, hey, give me a letter that diagnoses me with having this. And then you're able to be a patient, which I think I, I think is I, I think that sounds like is more accessible to patients that way. Well, we used to give people a, um, a notarized statement because mm -hmm. we wanted to show it to cops. And say, Do you have a doctor's permission? Yeah. Here's the notarized signature from the doctor. Okay. And, and the cops just threw them in the trash. They didn't give a shit about that. They didn't care. I, I know, it, but, 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 but there, we, we didn't, we didn't have a state. We didn't have a state system back then, Dale. We didn't have a state system. This is a state system. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't recommend you do it because now what happens to your Second Amendment rights when you're on the record using now, cannabis you're, and it's you're 100% right about that part. 100% right about that part. But, you know, I, I'm just just saying. Just 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 saying. You can't fix everything. It's just, it just it irritates me. People don't want to understand that. But all my vet friends go, I ain't getting my name on any list mm -hmm. at the VA or at the state because I ain't losing my Second Amendment rights. I mean, Luke and I, you know, we're someone's going to pardon us. We don't have an argument in this, mm -hmm. but the people who haven't lost their second amendment rights, man, don't get on a list somewhere where they can take these away because someone will damn sure try. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they will. All right. I'm going to give you guys this last story of the day. You guys are going to love this. This is, you have something to say, Rico, you were on mute. Oh, that's why y'all answering me, man. I thought you just, you know, you just, uh, you're no, just like, you're uh, ignoring you were on mute, bro. You're on mute. Rico. What do you got to say? What do you got to say, Rico? I'm saying at least they got five. At least is it better than none? Five stores, five state-run stores. Yeah, oh. better than none. What a rationalization. Man.
Sounds crazy to me. As I was gonna say, There's 10 within a mile of each store. Mm-hmm. Trap shops. Trust me. Exactly. It's, it's better than none. And then the trap is going to thrive. 100%. Shout out to my shout out to my Madison Mad Town Trappers oh, in the building. Oh, <laughs> All right, here we go. Last What's the last one. Last, Jason? Story, last story of the day, you guys. I hope you guys are ready. There's a protest being filed over medical marijuana shop opening near a D.C. charter school. That's right. The Karens are alive and well in D.C. A formal protest is being uh, lodged with the city over plans to open a medical marijuana dispensary in downtown D.C. across the street from a charter school. Retailers filed with the city's Alcoholic Beverage and Cannabis Administration with a plan to open D.C. Smoke at 8th and D Streets Northwest near the public charter school basis D.C. and a daycare center. In quotes, this is a bad idea. It's just a bad idea all the way around. There are better places for it, and I want to advise the the notion that we look for a different place that doesn't have the conflict, said Peter Christensen, a resident of the Penn Quarter neighborhood where the school is located. At, uh, at, at its Tuesday night uh, monthly meeting, Advisory Neighborhood Commission 2C voted 4-0 to, to heed the concerns from the, from the school and the neighbors by filing a former letter of protest over the dispensary's plans with the ABCA. And in quotes, I have had over 30 or 40 parent emails over the last 24 hours and multiple phone calls. There's a lot of concern here and the community needs time to make those concerns heard. This is a bad choice with negative community implications said alexander rose henning the board of basis uh, the head of basis dc and a lawyer representing the business hoping to open the cannabis dispensary offered assurances that only registered patients could enter the dispensary which would be equipped with 21 uh, surveillance cameras and exterior lighting they say well, 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 I mean, in D.C., anyone can self-certify, but uh, this is going to be interesting, and the Karens are alive and well in D.C. What do you guys think about this? These guys protesting about it being near a school. Nimbyism is a pain in the ass. Yeah, right. I've had so many battles. If you go ahead of time and you go, okay, only these zones, and you say you got to be within so many feet of particular facilities, and you draw your maps and look, and you find one that fits – Somebody's going to come up and say, well, not in my backyard. I don't want there's the children, you know, and then you go to the grocery store. And I did this over the holidays with my grandchildren. We were buying Christmas gifts and right behind us was a fucking liquor aisle. OK, so to tell me that you're concerned about kids in the in the face of what's actually going on, it's just it's ludicrous. They don't have big signs. That, oh, come on, kids. We're going to sell you some weed here. You don't get to advertise this stuff. Your kids walk by much more dangerous substances every day. It's up to parents to explain to them how this all fits in. And just, you know, quit crying, you fucking babies. God damn, it just drives me nuts. Exactly. It is insane to me. You know what? I mean, um, well, why don't you just let uh, let D.C. become a state? And then you can start. uh, D.C. should never be a state. Start regulating them like that. That's just ridiculous. D.C. is a territory. Is never be. You don't. You don't want it to be a state. Why? Because Republicans don't want to expand democracy. Nope. Nope. Republicans don't want to expand democracy. That's not why. That's not why. It shouldn't be a state. You don't. It wasn't created. It wasn't created as a state. Puerto Rico and D.C. should not be a state. Puerto Rico and Washington. There was actually there was actually reason why they did that, Jason. There was there was reason why they created the District of Columbia as, to not be a state where it housed the the capital of the nation. But you know, there, the, that's a separate argument. Here, I I feel like. The District of Columbia is impoverished. It's one of the most neglected cities in the country, and it's our capital. Like, if you walk off of the mall, like, if you walk down the mall and go left, it's not far before you're, like— in the hood. And I'm talking about dangerous hood. You know what I'm saying? This is not just like, hey, we can go over there and kick it and grab something from the liquor store. This is you go to the liquor store, you're going to get ran through, get your pockets checked and all that type of stuff. So because because of that, right, you want to these these businesses, just like we did in California, we want to zone them out of here 100 yard, 100 feet from this, a thousand feet from a church, a thousand feet from a school to where they go into these 
cuts in the in these industrial areas, these impoverished areas, these areas where it's crime ridden. And then they say, oh, yeah, like, look, you guys go over there and crime happens at your dispensary. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. Right. So like any business, they want to be in an area that's good. It probably is nice by a charter school, I would assume. And like, how close is it by the charter school? Does it say, Jay? Does it have it on it there? Doesn't, like, it doesn't. The... No, it do, it didn't say. It was a pretty pretty short article. But 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 my my thing okay. is this. My thing is this is I'm surprised that DC already doesn't have some type of regulations in regards to how far dispensaries can be from schools because they've created a well, number you can't of different have policies dispensaries in DC. Well, yeah, yeah, they do. They 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 we allow. Have. Yeah, yeah, they allow for them under under I seventy one. They 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 allow Technic for them technically. Yeah, they they they. I mean, yeah. That's my point. That's my point. They, they they've passed enough. They've passed enough framework to to allow for these stores to operate. That they should have some type of land use component already passed. This shouldn't even be an issue right now. That's my point. I mean, listen. If I mean, look at how we did it. I mean, we had in '96 we had the Compassionate Use Act, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't have anything else come out until 2004 when the MMPA went effective. And then in the MMPA, we, they still didn't kind of lay out everything well, that a dispensary well, you're should talking be about, or do. You're talking about statewide. I mean, we had policies in Oakland, San Francisco, and uh, and um, and Berkeley prior to You had prior decriminalization that. laws. That's not legalization. You guys had decrim laws over there, which is totally different. No, no, no. But we had like we had there, there was framework of, 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 of tolerance in regards to allowing like so basically we had it as the lowest priority for for law enforcement sure. to go after yeah, you had like that. that's what i'm saying well, we, we had we, we had we, we had we had a framework going we had a framework going that's my point yes yeah i mean dennis perone and and the, the the you know some of the early aids uh co-ops and stuff mm -hmm. yes there was a framework going but i mean that that wasn't legalization. That was Frisco no. and Oakland allowing some decriminalization and allowing some compassion, mm -hmm. compassion stuff going mm -hmm. on. This is a little bit different. This is full, like we're, we're DC is on full on legalization for a long time. Like this, how long has, what, what, well, no, 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 like no, 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 It is not, is not legalized there at all. No, don't, don't get it twisted. It is not, it is not legalized there. Um, but basically you can basically self-certify and they allow for, they, they, they basically, they have enough crime out there Hold that on. they can't Hold just on. go after I, people I, for getting am I, if, I'm not, if I'm mistaken, I thought they had rec laws there. No, 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 no. and nope. No rec laws. Okay. Nope. I, well, I was mistaken. I thought they had their rec laws there. Regardless, no. though, my point is this: is like what 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 they have, what they have, you, what they have, and I think this is where you get confused, Luke. Is they have the you have the ability to go and self certify yourself as a patient when you walk into one of these places, and so that basically is a default adult use because you're just walking and saying, "Hey, yes, I'm a patient." Da 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 da. You know what I mean? And so that I I, I see where you can see that, but as far as like them having like a full adult well, use know, in it, place, they the, don't. The thing the individual, I, I know a, a guy who has a business in D.C., and he it's a truck. Oh, you it's, know a guy, he huh? He pulls up in a van. Mm -hmm. It's a van, and he pulls up, and he he says he said the way they have to do it is he he has to take it as a donation. Like he yeah, gives no, them no. a sticker, and he takes exactly. $50 exactly. for a sticker, exactly. and then he, the sticker comes with exactly. meat or some shit like exactly that. Exactly right. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, whatever you want to call that, you know— quasi-legal situation they got going on there. The point is when you, you want to have these businesses or these spots where they can get in areas that aren't impoverished, that aren't going to be robbed, that aren't going to be able to be pointed at and say, hey, look, you guys caused this crime. And I think D.C. has been in the mix, like you said, maybe not full wreck, but they have definitely have had these laws on the books for a long time, and Congress has been blocking the implementation of them mm -hmm. for the, the past decade. So it's time to let D.C. do what they do. Listen, the, we're, we're capitalists, right? We're free yep. market people. Let's let let's let DC run like a capitalist free market. That's a fucking crazy. Excuse me. That's a crazy concept, right? I mean, I've heard of crazier things. Yeah, I, I'd be willing to bet that you could ring up somebody from the Capitol and have them deliver you a vape pen there. Oh, it's just the traps just laughing. This is nonsense. I just, I, you know, I, come I, on. I, I, they used to I deliver agree. alcohol to the Capitol and alcohol prohibition too. They're, they're going to get what they want, and the rest of us be damned. And it's just, it's just laughable that they're not paying attention to the reality of the trap is out there. If you don't find a way to get around it, they're going to they're going to eat your lunch every damn day. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And on yep. Shout out to the trap and DC is Trap City. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Trap trapping in Chocolate City. You know, make sure you guys get your uh, your uh, uh, your Apple tags. 
and uh, put those in your car just in case somebody jacks you because they will not arrest anybody who's thieving on cars. But thank you all for joining us for another episode of High Nine News. Uh, we finished a little over the hour today, despite Jason promising that we would not. I didn't promise anything. More broken promises. I didn't from promise anything. More broken promises from Republicans. You can catch us anything. live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific High Noon on the East Coast. <laughs> big shout out to our super fans showing love, getting their comments posted live on the big screen. Our live audience and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day, each day to the headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. To our vetted correspondents turning in from all over bringing us much needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table our production team cloud media partners our sponsors keeping the lights on our av struggles to a minimum and of course adam back there looking like a uh i don't know looking like a, a, a jewish statuette how dare you <laughs> comer's hair ever so fluidly <laughs> oh. Stop the as always cannabis to Yes, he always cannabis sativa L. The reason High Night News team shows up to read these headlines every single day. Thank you as well. It has been Wednesday, January 10th, 2023. This show is over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope it was enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke it, at least until tomorrow. I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street for High Night News, cannabis industry's number one daily news show. Luke Scarmasso, what you got for us today, my man? Take us out with some uh, inspirational man. thoughts. I'm going to touch you with uh, something that my girl, Patty O'Brien, who is a cannabis OG and an amazing woman, reminded me of the other day. It's not how hard you hit. It's how hard you can get hit and get up and keep going. Put that in your pipe.